Hi, this is 5050, real estate podcast for the common man, where we talk about selling, buying, and investing in real estate. We aren't baffling you with BS. We're dazzling you with brilliance. We're not telling you how to become a millionaire. We're telling you stories, the truth, and the information no one is talking about. So sit back, listen, laugh, and enjoy 5050, real estate podcast for the common man. Hey everybody, I hope you're doing fine and looking good. Hey, JD here. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to be discussing some interesting things that has to do with investors. You know, every time I listen to YouTube or podcasts, I'm always are listening to these big time real estate investors that tell you how easy it is to invest in homes and how they made them millions of dollars in real estate blah 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 which is you know great and uh, dandy but a lot of them are frauds a lot of them are just big talkers uh, it's just, I don't know, you know, you, you know, you have to really look at them and say, why are they doing this? Now, let me give you a little background so you know that I'm legit here. Been selling real estate for 35 years and uh, usually about 80% of my business were investors. So I dealt with quite a lot of investors, the good, the bad, and the weasels, basically. And I'm going to tell you a little bit on behind the scenes what a lot of these investors that you hear or see or read about, really what they're all about. Um, Well, when I first got into this business, there was just so many late night investors, you know, want to be get rich quick real estate schemes. And I, I it, it was just amazing. And um, when I started looking at the investors, I realized out of about a hundred investors, real investors and invest in real estate, maybe. 10 of them are really legit. The rest of, of them are wannabes. Uh, you know, they just do everything to try to make a buck. And it's really interesting because when I get together with them, I mean, I just have to shake my head because a lot of them are so unethical. And I just, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'll invest in real estate, and if it really doesn't work out, well, at least I gave it a try. And here's the thing that's really interesting. Uh, I used to have a boss years ago, and this is before I, I actually got into real estate. And he owned about seven properties. And... Uh, I was like really impressed. I said, wow, you know, seven properties, that's that's excellent. That's, you know, how did you do it? And he goes, well, I just kind of bought them and, and got a good deal on them. And I'm just kind of renting them out. And, um, and, you know, that was about it. And I said, well, you know, tell me a little bit about 
you know, the process. He said, well, it's not as easy, J.D., as, you know, it, you know, they, they make it out to be. He goes, first of all, you really got to struggle to get decent renters. And usually um, a lot of them kind of overstate how wonderful they are. And a lot of them have had evictions or bad credit or loss of jobs or so on and so forth. So it's really hard to get good renters in. And then he said renters really don't take care of the properties like you uh, do. You know, they don't really vacuum and clean the yard and, you know, clean the kitchen. He goes, they just kind of, you know, a, a kind of pigs. And I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah, you know, stains on the carpet. They don't clean the stove. If something uh, breaks, you know, they don't really fix it and they don't tell you about it. And he had a really funny joke that's um, that I, I thought was really funny. He said, uh, how many tenants does it take to fix a light bulb? And I said, gee, I don't know. How many tenants does it take to fit a light bulb? He goes, none. They just call up the landlord to do it. Uh, so I, I kind of laughed at that. And that's kind of really interesting. Well, move on about three or four or five years later on. And uh, I had moved on and we were having lunch and he seemed really, really down. And I'm like, man, you, you look like man, you look like the whole world's on your shoulders. He's like, yeah, you know, the market just really went down the tubes and I just couldn't afford those payments on those seven properties I own and it was really hard to get renters and uh, I just let them all go back into foreclosure. And I said, really? Wow. I wouldn't have expected that. He goes, well, it's no big deal. You know, I still own my house and I learned a lot. And, you know, maybe in the future, if things get better, I'll buy uh, some other investment properties. And I learned that. I learned a lot of times people will buy investment properties. And if things don't work out, they just give them back to the bank. And some of the rules say if you have some foreclosures within three years, you can buy homes or within seven years, you can, you know, it comes off your credit and you can uh, purchase homes again. So if you've had a foreclosure, a lot of times you'll be able to buy a home with three to seven years. So a lot of these investors, if it just d doesn't work out and they can't afford it and their homes aren't worth what they paid for and they can't get rented, they just give them back to the bank and figure, well, in seven to ten years, nobody will know about my foreclosures and I'll just rebuy them, which is kind of really, really shady. And, you know, that's kind of the underhanded uh thinking that a lot of real estate investors are. Like I said, 80% of my uh, business were real, real, uh, real estate investors. And like I said, I had about 100 real estate investors. Maybe 10 were really legit, really honest, straightforward. The, all of them, the uh, rest of them were all realer dealers. You know, make money as quick as I can. And if it doesn't work, just move on to some other gig and so on and so forth. And that's what's that's what's really kind of 
interesting. Here's another one. I, I had a gentleman that came up, uh, wanted to buy investment property. So, yeah, I was young. I was probably maybe two or three years into uh, real estate. And uh, I said, okay, great. Let's let's go for it. And uh, he bought a property. And I said, great. And about a year later, he calls me up and he wants to buy another property. So I said, great. About six months later, he wants to buy another property. So he's he's buying these properties and um, uh, and he's, he's doing really well. And uh, I ask him, how are, you, how are you doing this? I mean, how are you buying all this real estate? I mean, you don't have a great job. And, uh, you know, but boy, you, you know, you're just knocking out of the park. He goes, wow, J.D., here's my plan. I buy these properties that are in really bad shape. I fix them up, gain equity, and then I get a home equity uh, mortgage and then I buy the other one so I sat back and I went oh wait a minute so you're kind of mortgaged out on all these and he's like yeah you know I just mortgage them to the hilt and then just use that money to buy the next one and maybe eventually years from now I'll have them paid off and I'll be a multi-millionaire and I said oh well okay well I like the first one that bought the seven properties and went into foreclosure kind of the same thing happened to him but he kind of got a different angle uh, uh as he went on he took the home equity lines of credit on his investment properties took that cash and paid off his uh home uh, the one that he actually lived in and then when the market went south, he actually let the other ones go into foreclosure and let the bank take them. But he was pretty much debt free because he didn't own anything. I mean, he didn't owe anybody anything because he had paid off all his debts in his home with the home equity line of credit on the other homes that he mortgaged to the hilt. And he let all those go into foreclosure when the market's kind of crashed and burned but that's kind of like your you know your typical investor you know the ones you see the late nighters the get rich quick youtubers and so on and so forth and i still remember uh getting some another investor and i was talking to him and he owned something like 30 properties and he was trying to convince me, he was a young guy, trying to convince me that he was worth like $10 million, $15 million. And I said, wow, you know, how, how are you worth this much? He goes, well, I own all these homes and so on and so forth. I said, really? I said, wow, how did you, you know, accumulate so much wealth? And he goes, well, I bought like a house every six months to a year. And I said, really? Really? Wow, that's phenomenal. And he goes, well, I'm getting some good passive income and just talking it up and so on. But the more deeper and deeper I got into it, the more I realized 
he's pretty much doing the same thing as the other guy. He just keeps borrowing off his one home to buy his second home, borrowing off his second home to buy the third home. So he wasn't worth $15 million. He was probably in debt, you know, $14 million. <laughs> and that's that's what's really funny about these investors. They you know, sit back and they say, I'm worth all this money. And there's no proof. There's absolutely no proof. They're charlatans and they just kind of the flim flammers who just basically try to convince you they're multi-millionaires. But there's no proof. They don't show you all the homes and what they're worth. They just say, here's the homes I owe, uh, own. And here's the proof that I own them. But they never show you all the mortgages that are on them. And I remember another guy I was dealing with. It was really funny. He owned some properties and we were driving around and kind of looking at some investment properties and so on and so forth. And uh, there was a homeless guy on the corner. And uh, I said, guy, you know, I wonder what his story is. You know, it's I always like to know the story between homeless people. You know, did they just get homeless because of their bad decisions? Or was it just, you know, wrong place at the wrong time and they got laid off or something happened? It wasn't really their fault. So... As we were driving around, uh, he turned to me and said, Well, J.D., I bet you that guy is more wealthier than me. And I said, Really? Why would that be? And he said, Well, you know, all those homes that I owe, I, you know, own, I, I'm, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs, and I bet you that guy owes nobody anything. And, you know, I thought about that. I really thought about that. I said, you know, this guy has a point. I bet you there's a lot of real estate investors who just owe a ton, a ton of money. And they never tell you what they owe. They just tell you what they own. And I remember my dad, uh, God rest his soul, He, uh, we were talking about investing in, in millionaires and wealthy people and so on and so forth. And he said, J.D., let me tell you, it's not what you own, it's who you owe. And he goes, I rather see a guy living in a trailer with no debt. He's more wealthier than the guy that owns all these properties that are in debt up to his eyeballs and so on and so forth. And I said, you know, you got a point. And another person that I talked to said, you know, if you didn't have any ethics, you can make money in anything. If you just didn't care one way or another, you can make money in any trade. And I remember this other investor, he finally got arrested and thrown in jail for fraud. There was a lot of them that got busted for fraud. And I'll tell you a couple of stories. Years ago, there used to be a thing called a non-qualifying assumption, which means anybody could buy a, a home, bad credit, no credit, you know, no job or anything. All they had to do is assume somebody else is a loan. So all it was was a non-qualifying assumption. You didn't have to qualify. You came in, gave the seller $500,000 because he was upside down in the home. 
and he just turned over the deed over to you and you went on and actually the loan wasn't in your name it was in the seller's name that you assumed the loan for well there was so much fraud that's why you don't have any non-qualifying assumptions anymore there was just so many frauds charlatans scallywags that came in assumed every loan they possibly could i mean i heard of somebody who had 30 40 assumable loans and homes and then what they did is they went out and rented all the homes uh equity skimmed and what that means is they just never paid the payments took all that money for rents and and uh stashed it and then never paid the payments so they all went into foreclosure and they didn't go in foreclosure under the guy who assumed the loans they all went into foreclosure on the person who original originated the actual loans so a lot of these people who just did non-qualifying assumptions they all had foreclosures on their credit and the guy who assumed and didn't because you didn't have to tell people when you assumed their loan that they had liability on it. So there was so many of those guys and I remember a guy went and finally got caught by the FBI for fraud 30 years in the slammer because of uh, loan fraud and so on. And there's other people who do that. I, I know someone who told me that he read about and there was a true story that so many people were, were how did he do it they were they were buying homes as investors and they had mortgage companies appraisals and inspectors and all in on it so they were all kind of in cahoots with each other and yeah, you know, a lot of back then lenders, they didn't need to be, well, lenders need to be licensed, but loan originators didn't need to be licensed. So you could come off the street and start doing loans. Matter of fact, if you were out of prison, you could do them uh, until they finally, there was so much fraud, they said you had to get licensed and now FBI and background checks. But back then, you didn't. And even today, I mean, you know, I always tell people background checks and so on and so forth. You know, that doesn't make you honest for the rest of your life. If you're desperate, you're going to do some stupid things. And still today, you get people who are in cahoots with each other. And they have, you know, lending institutions, independent lending brokers that... Uh, are uh, giving loans and they just broke out the loans and the fraudulent loans and fraudulent houses and so on. What they do is they sell these overpriced homes. They get these inspectors who just say, yeah, the home is great. And then they get these lenders who do lenders and then they pay off the appraisals to uh, do fake appraisals. And then they get the loans and they stick these buyers these straw buyers in homes and then they're upside down on them and then by the time 
they can't afford the home or the rate of their sale and find out that they're so upside down in the home. These guys have closed up shop and moved to a different part of the, you know, the country or moved out of the country and so on. And, you know, there's people like that. And like I said, you know, investing in real estate, there's a real shady side to it that they never, ever tell you. A lot of talk, a lot of, you know, big, big talkers and and not really any doers. Matter of fact, I remember one instance where I was going by a really, really, uh, okay, it was probably a two, three, four million dollar uh, mansion and uh, there was a guy filming in front of it uh, with a few other guys. I said, geez, I wonder if that's the real estate agent. Uh, you know, I'd like to go into it. So I'm talking to the one of the agents and he's really not the agent who has the listing he's kind of the agent who works with this guy who does these seminars and get rich quick scams and i said guy what are you guys doing he goes well you know i set up a showing on this home and it's pretty much you, you know the the people are pretty much moved and this is they're living somewhere else and they, they're just staging this home until they sell it. So what we do is we set up a showing and the guy rents uh, for a day a Lamborghini or Rolls or whatever. He sticks it in front of the house and then he records as if he owns the house and says, oh yeah, you know, I made millions of dollars in real estate. Let me walk you through the house and this is what I own and so on and so forth. And I just went, are you kidding me? I, 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 how do you get away with that? He goes, oh, yeah, you know, what are people going to do? We're not really, you know, you know, we're not breaking into the house. We're not doing anything. We're just filming a house for sale and empty and so on and so forth. And most likely the owners will never know because they're out of town and they have moved and so on and so forth and if they do what are they going to do sue us for what i mean what's damages they don't have really any damages or anything like that and i went oh you, man what shady people so then i started every time i see these guys you know on youtube or late night saying i'm a multi-millionaire and uh, I made millions of dollars in real estate and they're sitting in front of an expensive car and a million dollar house. I always remember, yeah, like the guy who filmed in front of a house that was listed and rented a car. It's probably the same scam. So like I said, there is such a shady part of investing in real estate. I, I Like I said, you know, out of probably a hundred investors, ten of them are legit, and the rest of them are just shady, get rich quick, do whatever I can to make a buck, and if it doesn't work, then I'll just hose somebody and move on, or give them all to the bank, and move on, or move to another part of the country, and nobody will know me, and I'll just do the thing again. Um, you know, there is some really, really decent investors and I've worked with them and I'll, I'll tell you uh, about wealthy 
you know, multi-million dollar uh, people. Millionaires and wealthy people don't show their wealth. You will never, ever, ever uh, know that they're wealthy. Now, people who are well off will try to flaunt their wealth, and, and, you know, with expensive cars and watches and clothes and so on. I'm not talking about guys that are well off, well off who try to impress you with all that nonsense. I'm talking big bucks, big wealth. They, you would never ever know. They don't dress in fancy Armani suits. They're just in blue jeans and a shirt, and that's really about it. You would never know. And let me tell you an example. What I learned, and I, it was a big, huge lesson when I started real estate. Me and my friend were having an open house. It was probably the second year in real estate. And it was terrible. I mean, we were just like kicking a ball around in the backyard just trying to amuse ourselves. And this old beat-up Honda car, rusty, you know, probably holding together with duct tape. It was, it was a dog drives up and this little old lady gets out she's you know not really dressed very well just kind of like you know typical kind of older clothes and so on she's got a little cane and um her daughter is with her and they come in the open house and me and my friend uh we were young and stupid we both look at each other uh, each other and we go oh great we've been here all day for this and um they're looking around the house and it's like we'll kind of joking you you take them you take them no <laughs> i don't want them jd you take them you waste your time with them well it comes to find out my partner says, well, there's nothing else going on in this open house and we'll waste no time. You know, I'm just going to take them out and show them a few homes and I'll, I'll see you later. So I said, great, good luck. So he leaves and I don't see him till about three weeks later at the office. And, uh, you know, we, we have him lunch and I said, you know what? Remember that old lady with the old junky car and came into that open house? Whatever happened to her? And he goes, oh, J.D., you won't believe this. He said, I didn't believe it too, and I just, dumb luck, uh, you know. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm the luckiest guy on earth. I said, why? He goes, she just bought a million dollar home and my face hit the floor. I said, oh, come on. You're pulling my leg. What kind of garbage are you giving me? And he goes, no, J.D., she just bought a million dollar home. We're going to close uh, in a week. She has a million dollars in the bag. And matter of fact, she has about $3 million in cash in the bank. And I went, are you kidding me? And uh, I I thought he was kidding me. And then when he closed, he showed me the closing papers. And I'll be darned, she bought a million-dollar home. And I went, are you kidding me? So I learned that people who are really extremely wealthy, they don't show it. They don't want you to know. So now fast forward five years 
and I'm working in a bigger company. I'm doing really well, and I got recruited from a bigger company, and so on and so forth. And I'm doing uh, what they call, um, gee, what, what was it? Uh, desk. I think it was called desk or something like that. And uh, it's when we people call and they want information on the home. Uh, you take the call and you try to sell them and get business that way and get leads that way. So I'm sitting at this desk and um, this guy comes in a beat up old gray truck. Just an all must been 20, 30 years old. He's in overalls, kind of grubby looking, kind of looks like an old farmer guy. Comes into the lobby and he's like kind of looking around and staring off in space and nobody's really helping him nobody's saying hey can i help you they're just kind of rolling their eyes like where did you know where did this guy come from and so on and so forth so i'm looking at him and i go oh, oh wait a minute the old lady remember the old lady years ago who was a multi-millionaire who never showed it well this could be my old lady so I come in and I get out of the desk and I walk over to the lobby. I said, hi, you know, I'm JD. How are you doing? He goes, fine. He goes, I, I really have my eye on this uh, property and I really like to see it and get more information on it. I said, yeah, you know, come on over to the desk. I'll be glad to talk to you. And I talked to him and he was a really nice guy, just a super great guy. And he gives me the address and it's a million and a half dollar piece of property with this huge lot. I mean, it's kind of like a, a big house on this farm lot. And uh, I tell him the price. And he goes, oh, okay, no no problem. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, let's go out and look at it. And we look at it, and he really likes it. He says, I like to put a contract down. And I said, okay, great. And uh, I said, well, you know, do you have a mortgage a company I can talk to? He goes, no, it'll be cash. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and I said, well, you know, do you have a bank that I can call up and get a proof of funds? And he said, yeah, you know, he gives me his bank number. And back then, uh, you know, it was okay to call him as long as you got the okay. And he, so I call him and I said, you know, I've got Mr., you know, blah, blah, blah in front of me. And he wants to put an offer on it. Uh, house and uh, just want to verify that he has the funds to pay cash. So they, you know, I give the phone to him so he, you know they can verify that he's the guy he's talking to. Then they hand the phone to me and he goes, "Oh yeah, <clears throat> don't worry. What's the price of the home?" I said, "I think it's about a million and a half dollars." And he goes, "Oh, that guy can buy anything. Don't worry about it. He's got plenty of money in the bank." So. Um, we, uh, you know, definitely closed on that. I got the biggest commission in my life that I ever got. And uh, like I said, I wasn't surprised because, like I said, it, if you ever come across people, you don't know if they're millionaires or not. And millionaires, very, very wealthy people don't show. They don't want you to know that they're wealthy and so on and so forth, you know. Tell you kind of maybe show up to their house and they live in a huge mansion. Mansion, you go, holy smokes, is this where they live? I would have never thought of that. You know, a lot of them they just don't show it. So, 
like I said, there's a lot of these wannabe charlatan investors who want you to believe everything and come to their seminars and buy their videos or try to persuade you they're multimillionaires on YouTube and podcasts and in reality they're in debt up to their eyeballs. As a matter of fact, just to kind of wrap this up, there used to be a commercial where there's this beautiful, beautiful home and there's a big huge boat and all these expensive cars in front of it and the camera circles around there's this huge swimming pool beautiful home and the guy's cleaning out his swimming pool and they go boy you have a beautiful home and look at all those fancy cars and boats and so on how do you do this and he goes hey I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. And that's usually a lot of wannabe investors and so on and so forth. So if you're thinking about investing, don't do it. Not right now. It's the worst time to invest. The market's going to crash and burn. Interest rates have almost doubled. They're like six and a quarter percent. And they were like 2.93% builders are going to be hosts. I see it now. There's people walking away from their houses that they've been waiting a year to be built. And they're still not built. Now they owe, you know, now that it's almost uh, $600, $700 more a month on their payment and they can't afford it. Plus, the houses aren't selling, you know, overinflated prices. So they think, hey, I'm going to sell my home for $700,000. And now nobody is buying them. And they don't have all these buyers now. And it's like, well, you might be able to get $600,000. It's like, oh, I was expecting to get $100,000 more. Well, I was going to apply that to my other home. And now I can't buy them. And these builders are going to be left holding a ton of inventory. There's going to be a lot of people who, you know, bought investment properties, were going to rent them out for a year or two and then sell and make a profit. They're going to be upside down. It's just going to be really ugly in the next year or two. So if you're thinking about buying investment properties, don't, don't, add, don't buy any investment. If you have investment properties, Sell them as quick as you can or you're going to be buried in them for the rest of your life or until the interest rates go lower and they're not. This is like one in a million chance that the interest rates will ever come down to where they were the past year or two. Um, you know, and, I, and if you're thinking of capital gains, oh, I'm going to pay 20-25% capital gains tax. Sell and pay the capital gains tax because within a year, your property could go 20, 30, 40, 50% down and you're going to lose way more than what you paid in capital gains tax. But you know what? <laughs> it's your properties. It's your life. You can do whatever you want to. But guys, I'm giving you advice. If you own real estate, sell, sell, sell. Get rid of them. Are you going to take a bath in the next year or two? And like I said, if capital gains is preventing you from selling them, just pay the capital gains tax. Because if things go south, which they are, you're going to lose way more than the amount that you would have paid in capital gains. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you gave me some insight 
Have a great day, and I'll see you uh, next week. Take it easy. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show, Real Estate for the Common Man. Please follow us or subscribe. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about us. We're on all your major podcast apps, Amazon, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. If you can't remember all that, just Google it, or have your friends Google Real Estate for the Common Man, and it will come up. Again, we thank you very much for your time and hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Hey, if you live in Colorado Springs and want to buy or sell a home, you can look us up at soldrealestatecompany.com as in I sold a home. Again, thank you very much. Have a very good week and we'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.